the Podsky with John Baker. For over one year, the revolutionary force in audio entertainment. Oh yeah! Brother, let me talk to you! Freak out, freak out! I just had an out-of-body experience! The insane in the membrane! Brother, yeah! And I'm here for only one reason, and that's to take it to the limit, yeah! Somebody stop the damn man! Living on the edge! Who is your daddy? Hello and welcome to the Podski. I'm your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks, Johnny Bake Show. It is episode 61 and it is a big week, not only in the world of professional wrestling, but it is also a little bit of a milestone week here for the Podski. The Podski is one year old. We missed it by two weeks, so glad I was prepared for that. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yes, happy birthday to the Polinski. And uh, we, we're going to have the three-man booth back together here today. However, this is going to be a two-man band because <laughs> Andretti was having radio issues in the car and just parked it. Yep, yep, yep. And listen, man, it happens. It happens. happens. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little sad that we don't have him, um, you know, at the very least, sidecarring. Uh, and the reason why is that this is going to be a special episode really quick. I'm not going to get too deep in the, the numerology thing, but I do need to say this, John, that uh, 61, the way that we play and the way that those that read stars and, you know, not just text uh, get down is we reduce numbers down. And so when you say 61, I don't think Roger Maris. OK, and that, that doesn't mean anything to me. What I see is I see a six and a one and I bring those together and I make seven and I'm telling you, man, seven's a magical number. All right. Seven is a, it's a number of knowledge. Uh, it is a number that appears multiple times in the Bible. Prince made one of his best banger songs is the song seven. There's a reason that there's seven deadly sins. Do you know what I mean? It's one of those things that sort of repeats itself over and over through time. And so I think that we are going to have ourselves a wonderful little, uh, uh, what is this, uh, late August. We won't give the date away so that people can think we're, that we're doing this live. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, we have, uh, the this is going to be the Wembley show, kind of, and we're kind of switching up what we were going to do because we had some things planned with Andretti, but since he's not here, we're going to switch it up. So but we're going to talk about, uh, we're definitely doing the all-in. Uh, we did have some YouTube comments this week uh, to talk about all-in, so you're getting it today. And YouTube comments. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. Let's go. All right. Yeah, we got some YouTube comments. We're gonna. They wanted us to cover uh, all in and predictions, so we're gonna do that. Uh, and we're gonna since we're talking about AW and all in and Wembley, why not talk about SummerSlam '92, the last big show, the last wrestling show that was ever in Wembley? Fits perfectly in here, and it's it it's a definitely a way better show than those WCW shows that we just watched over the last couple of weeks. There's yeah, this, this is facts. And you know what, and here's what's, here's what's especially apropos about this is that, um, you know, if the, if the audience doesn't know, which they probably wouldn't because they were in a living room with us, 
me, you, and uh, cousin Chig, we we watched that all in show, all in one mm-hmm. together in the bake den. You know what I mean? Like, actually, or, or was that the, or was that the, uh, was that the Chig house? Chig house. Ah, okay. I do Chig that. house eating some pulled chicken. Uh huh. We did watch wa- watch that first all in show together, and um, you want to talk magic being made, man? The only thing that I wish that we could have done was to sneak that show into this. But if you are uh, you feeling freaky, I think that a wonderful thing for next week would be an all in versus all in show. Oh. Do you know what I'm saying? I, uh. I, I, I think that I think that that is interesting because what we can do is, um, we went into all in one. Look, man, I hate to say it, but that's one of those shows where, like, if it was a C, we were going to give it an A minus. Do you know what I mean? Because we're rooting for them that hard, right? And it's almost the opposite where our expectations are so high that if it's an A minus, we might give it a C plus. Do you know what I mean? Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes down. Um, that show was one that was interesting enough built off of no build sort of the way that all in two is the difference is this one has a promotion and the other one didn't it was just an indie super bowl uh, but i guess that's another sh- uh, another topic for another time but uh, if you're into it man you can sign me right up because i think that that'd be a really cool thing to do yeah that all, I, I remember that first all in show man that was wild like I just remember seeing that the I, I literally just saw on Twitter before we started recording that the main event of that show was Kota Bushi and the Young Bucks versus Bandito, Rey Mysterio, and, and Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix. Or, not, was it Ray Phoenix? He was Ray Phoenix because Pentagon because and yes, yeah, 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 yeah. And and the crazy thing with that is. That yeah. that was that was the best eight minute match anyone would ever see in their life. Yeah, because they 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 had obviously they had twenty minutes worth of stuff. Um, Okada and Mighty and Marty Squirrel and Mighty Squirrel. I almost said <laughs> and Marty Squirrel. Maybe I should say Mighty Squirrel because he's been like excommunicated from wrestling. Um, so Okada and Mighty Squirrel went like seventy four minutes, and it's not like it wasn't a great match. Yeah. But you can't have a Tokyo Dome main event as your semi-main, and that was like, and that was what they did. And so they, I just remember that Young Bucks match, them doing ninety spots in six minutes. And yeah. so you and want to talk about great, like what could have been's? Didn't they have like thirty seconds left of air when they cut, or it was like so they had so little time before the yeah. Piece. Right, because because there was there was no clout, there was no money, like there was no, you know, the there was no Tony Khan handshakes Mm -hmm. with the people to say like, hey, we got fifteen more minutes, we'll take fifteen more minutes, and so they had a hard out, and that was they were bang bang bang, and they just made it, and the fact that they had Rey Mysterio on that show. Everyone oh, what could have been like, what could have been seriously? Because if, if that match would have had even 15 minutes or even like 17, probably hmm. 20 might've been a little too long because it was a six man, but you, you give a 15 or a 17 minute 
time uh time cue to the Bucks and Kota Ibushi yeah. versus Phoenix Bandito and um help me out with the last one Mysterio my gosh just said his name uh my lord but that was yeah I would I would love to go back and rewatch that one and the thing is I don't know if um cousin Andretti ever saw it I don't think he did so if, if if that's something that we can track down uh, if we can if we can ever fix his fix his audio issues that'd be great yeah I can't remember how to watch it anymore. I don't know if it's on the ROH library. Or- the the entire show was posted to YouTube. Oh, okay. I don't know if it still is, but it was posted to YouTube. And I don't remember if it was like a make good for something. Something happened. Mm-hmm. And so the whole show was on YouTube. And while we're talking, I'm going to fire up this old Apple TV ski. Um, and to be honest, if if Honor Club's only ten bucks, I would even I would even just sign on to I'd buy Honor Club for a month and then just cancel it. Sorry, yeah. Tony, but I have a better product. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that it's really crazy to think about too. Is that what if they would have got that time and Mysterio would have had a moment? What if he would have signed with AEW and not gone back to WWE? The, the, my rebuttal to you, and you're right. But my rebuttal to you is that Dom was still in the chamber. Oh, that's and funny. that's that's why he was going. He was going to go back when Dom was ready to go. Yeah, and so that's I I think that that was the thing there. That is true. Uh, what do we have? What do we have here? Is a are we getting a uh, run <laughs> He might be coming in. Not sure. Little slow ski, but yeah, that 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 all in show to think about and where they're at now with this this new all in show for this weekend is wild. But we're definitely going to get into that. We also, while uh, Andretti is fixing his audio issues, we're going to do a quick segment here that uh, me and Mongoose we've been talking about doing for a long time. Yep, yep, long time, long time, long time, long time. This is going to be five minutes of footwear. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to let you lead us off because uh, we've been in the sneaker game for well, you've been in a sneaker game longer, way longer than I have. But mm-hmm. uh, this is a this is a pretty big uh, deal for us here on the Posky. But you uh, you're you're hip to the game. I'm also hip to the game. Uh, but you've been in it longer than I have. All right. So really quick, hit the intro now. Five minutes. Of footwear, we got five minutes of footwear. Okay, so five minutes of footwear. I'm gonna hit us a. Uh, I'm gonna hit us a hard time cue here, there, Johnny. So five minutes is gonna start now. And ladies and gentlemen, this is your sneaker host Theodore Teddy Mongoose. Um, I would like to start this off by saying that. I have, over the last two to three months, I've had me a little bit of an epiphany ski. I go through a lot of cycles in in footwear. I do, I do. Um, I've been deep. I you know I got my first pair of Jordans whenever I was uh, whenever I was uh, eleven years old um, for the Air Jordan Thirteen, and I bought my last pair of Jordans uh, like four days ago. Uh, so I've been I've been running the whole time, um, but here I made a decision, John, 
And this isn't something that we've talked about before. And so the, the pod world is going to hear it. I am taking back. No. I'm taking back new shoes. And here's what I mean. My entire young adult life, the only reason that I care about sneakers now was every year I wanted to see what the new Jordan was. Uh -huh. And I wanted to know what Penny's new shoe was. And I wanted to know what Scottie Pippen's new shoe was. Right. I have divorced. I've divorced retros. Whoa. What? I, I have divorced retros. What? I, uh, I, the, I have kept, I've kept my two pairs of ones. I am still with bread ones and I'm still with shadow ones. I sit here in front of you with a pair of 37 lows. Wow. 37 highs. <laughs> and I will be buying 38s when they release later on this week. And what I am doing is I am bringing back the intrigue of, I don't know what this year's shoe is going to be. I can't wait to buy it. Wow. So I am, I'm, I'm, I'm back to a pair of year, a pair of year. I'm going to buy this year's new Jordan. And if I love it, I'm going to buy the love version. And so when the next time that you come to the den and you see my 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 wall is going to look a lot different than before because it's going to be a whole bunch of um, tech, and it's going to be a lot less leather. So okay, and well, I'm telling you that I'm telling you this, John. The tech in New Jordan models is insane. I, I wore thirty. I wore the thirty-seven hairs work today. I wore the thirty-seven hairs to uh, work today, and that pair of shoes, dude. I my feet breathed better than they ever did, and I bounced on the zoomiest zoom that's ever zoomed. Zoom strobel, double zoom pods, Nike uh, React. They call it like like React twenty three or something back here. Yeah, I'm telling you, brother, it is it is. And I got these for ninety dollars. They're yeah. hundred eleven bucks plus twenty percent off. Nobody wants them except the mongoose. So that's what I have to say about that. No more bye bye retros. Hello, new stuff. Tell me something good. What you got? So I kind of, I, I'm not really, I don't really need anything else, honestly. Really what I'm looking for is I, I'm really interested in a pair of Kobe's. And so that's newer. Well, those, those halo, the, here's the Protros because they Protro it. See, I don't want Nike to resell me stuff that they've already sold. I the Protros, they add new tech yes. to the old Kobe model. Yes. Those halo Kobe eights are something else, brother. I don't know if I want the all white pair. I would love, I want to see what they do because they're doing the relaunch whenever this posts on Thursday. So 824 is supposed to be the new Mamba Day. They're doing a whole new brand relaunch. I want to see what they're doing. I'd really love to have a pair of Kobe's because uh, I had the Mamba, I won the Mamba Citas on that drop. Uh, I had a bootleg pair of those, of those Cheetahs. The sevens, those were I had shoot I had shoot sevens. Like that was a great pair. I had shoot cheetah sevens. Those were great shoes. Yes. I really want I like the reverse Grinches. Um, I'd really like to have a pair of those. But um, and then the only thing I'm that I'm really kind of want the only thing, the only shoe that I want, and it's my grail shoe, and that's you know, that's the Concords. Like, and they're not gonna bring mm -hmm. up Concords for a long time. Mm -hmm. So uh I'm only in the game to I'm only sticking it out for a pair of Kobe's and uh concords and loosely maybe pair of foam posits but bones are great shoes too man they are yeah and, and here's the thing john anybody that likes retros i ain't i ain't bagging on you because retros are great 
But here's yeah. my thing is after buying retros for 15 years, 17 years, something like that, I, 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 I finally come to the grips with Nike's just reselling me the same thing over and over again. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't need it. And, 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 and so let me, yeah, like, so, so let me, give me your best Nike. And that's, that's dude. And this is really fun because nobody wants the new shoes. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't. And so they're great. I think my best one is, is I got the pair of the LeBron, uh, the nine, the big bangs last year. There's the most comfortable. Mm -hmm. Those are one of the most pairs, uh, comfortable pairs of shoes. Well, I and, th and, and think about it this way, because we did hit our time queue. We did. That LeBron 9 pair is from uh, 2011. Mm -hmm. And it's, excuse me, it's 2023. Yeah. Tech is so much better. I know. And that's- It's so much, like go to, dude, go to, go to Nike.com today and type in Air Jordan 37 and pick out the colorway you like in the in your size, and then apply the twenty percent pr uh, promo code and pay eighty five dollars or ninety dollars, and you will have the most comfortable pair of shoes you ever had in your life. That's what I'm telling you. Yeah, a little hack for you. And I'll give a little plug for uh, leaning if you don't if you want to get into that game if you want to if you want to dip your toe in the waters in new tech. Uh, Mongoose knows from pre. Yeah, leaning's great shoes. Great shoes. Uh, way of wades. I am in on i got the jb ones i got the jimmy butler ones they got drop in midsole they got uh, it's like they're called it's called their boom foam and it is beautiful it's a great ride it feels fantastic uh the only thing is got a little squeak in it that's only that's my only that's my only only issue it's got a squeak in it it's got a little squeak because it's rubbing i i bought a pair of nike gt jump twos and sent them back because of the squeak I, heard I couldn't deal I heard the GT cut twos are suck. You get the GT. The, it was the jump, not the cut, the jump. The jump. Dude, most cushioning in the history of shoes. Most comfortable shoe I ever put on. I every time I move my foot, it squeaks. I couldn't I couldn't deal with it. Ah. Uh, yeah, I you I wear my JB ones to work out in. So like I never hear it squeak, but gotcha. But yeah, I I did also in new tech too, I did get a pair of the Dame eights. Uh, because if Dame Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. I mean, I needed a new pair to, to work out in for basketball and stuff like that because I do that on my cardio days. Uh, and those things are super comfortable. Hella nice. But we uh, yeah. ex we exploded. Five, we call that five minutes and 55 seconds of footwear. Welcome <laughs> aboard, Captain Andretti. Can you hear me? And if you can, let's play it. And if not, we'll cut this out. I'm going to smash that fucking laptop. This is what's going to happen. That's all right. That's the worst fucking laptop I've ever had in my life. <laughs> well, if you want to bury a Surface, we can do we can do that before we. Uh, Dude, that that Microsoft Surface is the worst computer I've ever seen. Like literally, here's the issues I've had with that thing since day one. The graphics card keeps getting worse. I have to keep restarting it. The touch sensitivity won't update. Every program I open freezes constantly. It's a it's just a piece of shit. Yeah, I. Stuff at my shoot job are tied all tied with Microsoft, and thank God that I don't have like a Surface or anything like that. But like the the, the tech and the apps on it drive me nuts. But we I mean, I'm I'm literally using an old MacBook right now. I mean that that Surface. I don't even know. Can you, can you guys hear me? Okay. Yeah, you sound you sound you sound good, dude. You're good it's, to go. There's no intuition with that Surface. Like it's. It's it's like it's been designed by somebody who has never used a laptop and, tr and tried to just make a laptop off the top of their head. 
it's 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 dude is brutal. Everything about even the even the charging plug to charge that thing is a piece of shit. Like it like why did they design it like that? It's you can't even problem. move you can't even move the surface left to right without the charging cord falling out of the out of the side. Wow. Jeez. There's one USB port. It's just it's just bullshit, dude. Oh yeah, dude. That sucks. And you only got one USB. It's it's unbelievable. I can't deal with it. I can't no. deal with it. So I just texted my brother-in-law and he told me that you can actually send that stuff in anytime to get it fixed with Microsoft. So um we're gonna look that look into that to do that. But dude, I think that thing needs completely completely uh wiped and, and everything that has gonna have to get reinstalled. I mean, either either that or I'm gonna go buy a 15-inch MacBook that is intuitive that I can actually use because every single thing I do all day long, I'm fighting that computer all day. I fight it all day long, dude. Well, here's the and here's the thing. This is not to cheap plug you, uh, enemy, enemy, Tim Cook. Uh, but listen, man, uh, I, I got a I got a 2016 MacBook Air that not only do me and Mrs. Mongoose use for recreational use, as well as you know, if we if we have to pull home any like homework stuff, like home space work stuff, um, we can. Uh, but baby mongoose dude, that that thing has it's had milk and cereal and s- stuff spilled all over it, and there's four thousand like bubble stickers and all kinds of things where that it never actually closes. And dude, that thing still runs like a dream, and it is a 2016 MacBook Air. The only reason I bought the MacBook Air was for uh, better compatibility. Before that. I had a 2008 from whenever I started my actual shoot post-college job. I bought myself a, an original MacBook, like one of those big, thick white ones. Yeah, That thing was a, for eight years, it was a battle tank. I had to shut it down in 2018 only because it was taking up space. The battery was so fried that it started to rot. And okay. so I could only use it directly plugged into the system. Yeah. Um, like the directly plugged into the charger, but it, dude, it, I could be on that computer now if I wanted to. It's just that um, the OSs were so outdated that it didn't matter. I'm telling you, dude, Andretti, get get a MacBook, get one. Dude, like, how, seriously. Is it, how is it possible that Microsoft Suite doesn't work on the Surface? Because Microsoft how is that possible. Oh, well, and, and here's and here's the thing: is if you got yourself any type of MacBook from Air up through like up through a, a Pro, Microsoft Suite will work like a dream. Oh, It'll work like I a dream, I'm and that's on, why I'm you should just MacBook do it right now. I'm on a MacBook yeah, that's right why now. And it's, I've never I've never really had an issue with this thing, other than the fact that it's been old. It's a little older. It's probably even older than 2016. Maybe it is 2016. But yeah. I'm at the point, dude, where it's like. I'm about to just take money out of savings and just go buy that new one, that 15 inch one that just came out. I think it's well, like it, 10 bucks. You, you're, I, you're, I, can't, you're, I can't live like this anymore, dude. Like I'm, you're, I'm you're gar- it's costing me so much time every day with that Microsoft service. It's, it's fucking killing me. Yeah. And you're guaranteeing yourself five to eight years of a reliable computer. You're, you're guaranteeing it. It's a guarantee. Yeah, that is true. I don't have a MacBook, but I uh I did a little update. I added some RAM to this laptop that uh that the wife got me last year for my birthday, and this thing is a battle tank now. Like this thing goes, and it's so much. It's so nice. Um, 
But yeah, well, welcome back into the show, Andretti. We Dude, I had to, I had to go take a break. I had I went outside and played with the play with the dogs with, with the balls. I and then I went to the cocktail and now I'm now I'm fine. As as you should have. And you know, well, all we all me and John did was we reshuffled the the uh this the show itinerary. We added five minutes of footwear, which ended up being like five minutes and fifty-five seconds of footwear. Um, but now we're ready to rock, man. So I'm here to party. Let's do this. All right. Uh, so I know that you guys have been watching the G1. So uh, give us your G1 uh, update. Uh, hit it, Mongoose. Go ahead. I, I got two things that I need to say about the G1, okay? First, I did not make it through the whole thing, even though the last time that I was on this audio platform, if you are somebody that listens to every show, which if you are, bless your soul, um, and please come back for more. Uh, but I did not follow through with every episode of G1 because it's impossible. It, it's just not it's not possible to have a life and watch every G1 match. I tried. I couldn't do it. Um, here's what I need to say is that uh, the shows that I saw, which I saw the first seven ish were wonderful. Everything was easy to watch. I did not ever feel like I was wasting my time. The second thing that I have to say is that even though people have been dragging the G1 as being one of the quote unquote worst ones, and more so only because we had a lot of uh, like new names there, and then they changed the format this year, and then the time limits went from 30 minutes to 20 minutes. And what I didn't like about the format was in past years, uh, if they posted a G1 show, I could skip the first half of it because it was all six man tags and eight man tags. And then I could just watch the couple of blocks, the couple of block matches. And I was caught up. Um, the fact that it's just three hours of block matches, it's, it's, it's laborious. It's not easy to do. And that's the one thing that I don't like about it. That being said, I got to say this, man. I watched a lot of really good matches and I saw a lot of really good things. And the two best things that I've seen in wrestling this year that were not Kenny Omega versus Will Ospreay were Evil and Okada and Ospreay and Naito in the se in the semis. Dude, I I I I'm 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 discrediting Danielson and uh, MJF a lot here, and I don't mean to do that, but that was my favorite evil match that I ever saw. Evil and Okada. It was great. And the fact that we had two people grab each of Okada's feet and hold them up in the sky. And Dick Togo goes up on to the ropes and he delivers a tomahawk karate chop to the balls of Kazichko Okada. It was that's the that's the best thing that I've seen in wrestling. I, I can't even tell you since I, it it was I died. I almost fell off the treadmill when that happened, man. And I even called Andretti and talked to him, and I was like, I hate to spoil this for you, but you're about to see the greatest spot in the history of pro wrestling. Whenever they they held Okada on his head, his the top of his head was on the mat, and they each they each wishboned his legs. And Dick Togo karate chopped his freaking dick. And it was incredible. Um, and, and the Naito-Will Ospreay match is out of this world. Naito gets legit shoot knocked out. And Will Ospreay gives himself two destinos. 
Like, like Naito is batty, can't see, can't move. You can hear in the audio that Osprey says, let's go home, let's wrap this up, something to that end, or let's go to the finish or whatever. And Will Osprey is so athletic that he gives a move that he's supposed to help out with, but Naito controls. He double backflips himself twice to give himself two destinos, and it finishes one of the best matches this year. It would be the match of the year if Osprey didn't wrestle Omega, and it's one of the best G1 matches I ever saw. So everybody do yourself a favor and watch both of the semifinals. The finals is great, too. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy Naito won. But uh, that those semifinals, that last hour of that show is appointment viewing, man. Go watch it. Go ahead there, Andre. The issue that – the biggest issue that I have is that um, – I mean, I guess there's a couple here just from what you were saying. But, you know, I know people were saying that uh, this is one of the worst G1s in the last couple of years or the worst one in the last decade. I heard people saying worst one in the last decade. But, I mean, look, it's – is it really the worst one or did they just burn everybody out is, is what I think because they went yeah. – they went from 28, they went from 28 to 32 with the competitor. Look, I like that because I want to see more people get involved. And I love it when they have Eddie Kingston and, you know, Kiyomiya and stuff like that, who's a guy that we weren't familiar with, right? So it was really nice to see that guy. But you you go from 87 matches to 119. Okay, now that might not seem like a lot. That's 30 more. That's, that's 32 matches, dude. That's a lot. 32. Andretti, it's impossible. It's not a lot. It's impossible. It's impossible to have a life. Of any kind. Dude, they, and they watch took, it they all. It's they impossible. Took that, that's something that I watch every year. I look forward to the G1 every single year. And when it came around and I started watching it, dude, I just got – it was like I was underwater with it. Like, I get you get behind so quick that you feel like you can't even keep – you can't catch up. And if you're not if you're not watching those shows the, either the night of or the day after, you know, whenever they get posted – you you fall behind so quick, dude, that they just piles up. And if, I mean, God forbid you go out of town for two days, right? And now you're freaking 28 matches behind, you know, and you and like who who has time to catch up with that? And the, the issue that I had too was like you got so many, you got so many matches that by the time people sit down after dinner at night, after work, whatever, to start watching a couple of those matches at night, dude, you're getting 15 minutes into it and you're falling asleep on a couch. And to your to your point. In the past, you could fast forward through a lot of those tag matches if you didn't want to watch them and just catch it, you know, one or two or a couple matches at the end of the card and be like, wow, that was really great. Now, I, I will I will say that I did not I did not see a bad match of anything that I watched. I did not. There was there was nothing I watched. I agree with you. I agree I, with I you. That's bad. true. Nothing, nothing I saw I thought was bad. Now, there was, you know, a lot of stuff was better than other stuff. But, you know, I didn't think there was anything that I saw that was was just uh, like I, I I wish I wouldn't have watched it. You know what I mean? But there it's it's not the quality with them now. It's it's just volume. There's just so much volume that I mean, who the hell has time, dude, to watch 119 matches? Now look, I mean, you guys know that I I go out of my way to watch that stuff as much as I can every year. I try to keep up with it, but I mean, dude, it just got to the point this year where I got about. I get about 40% of the way through it where I was caught up with everything. And then I was just like, holy shit, man. How the hell am I supposed to catch up on five days? Yeah. You know, and then, then I, I ended up watching, I watched the two semis and I watched the um, the main, you know, the last couple nights. 
It is fantastic. All three of those matches were three of the best matches I've seen the whole year. And and that and that, that 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 that's just it. Is that those last three matches? No matter what anybody says, holy exclamation point, Batman! Like those last three matches are so good. I can't stop touting how good that evil match was because I only watched it because it was the semi and I saw evil was in it. And I was like, Ugh. and the thing is they even did an evil match and it was still great. Like that they had, they got the crowd believing that evil was actually going to do it. And I, it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. And then so I wasn't first, even ready for how good Naito Osprey was going to be. I mean, that, that, even that, even that main event was, that was probably the hottest New Japan crowd that I had heard in a long time. I mean, they that that crowd was so on fire for that main event, dude. I mean, those guys were just two. They're two of the best performers in the world, man. I mean, you know, Okada's probably a top fifteen guy ever. You know, so I mean, you've got people in there that are just just warriors, man. They're, and when they're when New Japan is on top of their game and they're doing things, you know, to the best of their abilities, there's no promotion in the world that can touch them. But they they just have they. They killed everybody, dude. I think they just killed that crowd. They killed they killed their fan base with, with too many matches in this G1. And I think people just got pissed off about it. And people got burned out. And I, I understand. I totally understand. Yeah. That's one thing that we I say every year. I want to do it. I want to do it every year. And this year, I mean, well, I mean Baker, like, this year you would have gotten about two or three nights into it and been like, what the hell is happening? Why would, are there so many yeah, matches? There's no way I would have been able to hang around. I mean, dude, you're talking about you're talking about every night's cards had a, a shitload of matches, singles matches that you had to watch. And it was like it just got to the point where it was too much. But look, man, there, nobody, nobody did a bad job. Nobody. No, there was no effort. No efforts in that whole tournament were bad. I thought everybody did a hell of a job. And, you know, a couple of the guys that really stood out for me, you know, Naito looked great from day one. He, he did an unbelievable job all the way through it. Um, right guy won, you know, with him. Uh, no no doubt beating Okada is the right thing in the finals. I loved every second of that. Um, but, you know, the people who really stood out to me that I really liked, I, I it's the first time I was exposed to Kiyomita. I think that guy's really good. He's, he's a talented, really talented guy. Um, I liked him a lot. Um, you know, Yoda Suji's fantastic. Finley is fantastic. That Finley, that Finley and Evil match um, was pretty early on in the tournament, and I was like, "Oh God, we got I got to sit through this." Because I, you know, typically didn't like either one of those guys for a long time. But fantastic. I got look. I, I got to eat my words on Evil because when that guy wants to be good, he's really good. And I and I got to give him. I got to give him a, a lot of credit for that. I don't know what you do with him. I think they got to rebrand that guy, man, and just get him away from the stupid gimmick, away from the stupid faction, change his stupid name, you know, call him by his own name, make him a baby face. That fucking guy can work, dude. And he he proved it to me in the G1 that he knows what the hell he's doing. So I, I would really I would really welcome seeing that guy get a rebrand and get away from the stupid evil thing that he's doing right now. But in addition to that, man, I, you know, I, the, the guy that that I've really woken up to this whole year since since even you know the end of last year is Tai Chi. Tai Chi to me is just he's on he's just so on point right now, dude. With all his matches, everything he does is great. You know, it's just fantastic to watch him. I mean, that guy has really stepped up. Osprey is the, is the number one guy in the world for me. And, and every every match, every match he's in is, is, a, is a classic. Well, here, here's the thing. Is that when we did our mid-year award show, I said that you can say that Kenny's not the best in the world and you're wrong. And after seeing Osprey, Naito, where 
Osprey Destinos himself twice. I was wrong. <laughs> it, it, it's Osprey and it's not Kenny. And it's that that's not a slight to either one man. Like I should say it's not a slight to Kenny. It's just dude, Os, Os, Osprey's at the peak of his powers. Will Osprey and Chris Jericho are going to have a five-star match this weekend. Look, it's you know, going Osprey, to happen. It's Osprey going to happen. And, and it might be match. five plus. It might be if 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 Jericho doesn't drink any wine or Jack Daniels this week. It's going to be five plus. Like that, that's Dude, Osprey, the facts. Osprey is going to will that match into five star territory. Is what's oh, going to happen. It's not even territory, man. I think that the over under is literally five because I think that you push it five, and it, I would not be surprised if it's five and a quarter or something like that because Jericho's so good at psychology. For everything that Osprey can do, both psychology wise and physically in the ring, Jericho is just the master of psychology, and. I, that I'm telling you, man. I I'm that I would not. I'm I'm actually going to be disappointed if it's not top level. And yeah. That but that goes that goes to the build thing. So go ahead, John. Right. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up because uh, our next thing we're going to talk about is this all in show. And I mean, are we done, are we done with G1? Do you got anything else you want to say about it? The I, only thing that I want to say about G1 is that watch the semis and the finals. Seriously, watch the semis. And the, if, if you are a wrestling fan and you have access to the semis and the finals, you're doing yourself a disservice not watching them. This isn't one of those G1s where you see match after match of, oh, my God, go see. Oh, my God, go see. And there's so many of them that we can we can say that we can pick favorites and we can say that I like this and I like that. It's unfair because we didn't either. Neither of us saw them all. And if anybody did, bless your soul. Um but the semis and the and the finals were so good. They were so good. So go watch them. That's I, 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 again. I, there. I saw. I, I saw probably a good sixty five percent of the matches. I bet. And I'm I'm being a hundred percent honest when I say this. There was nothing that I watched that I wouldn't tell people to watch. Everything was really good. All the matches were were really good. All the participants were great. Um, you know, it it really feels like they're they're going to put the belt on you know, Naito over Sonata at Wrestle Kingdom, which is the right call, I think, because I think ultimately they're building towards Suji in, in, uh, in uh, Naito, you know, is where we're headed for a year from now. But um, Sonata did a great job. He's He's been an awesome champion, whether you want to call him a transitional guy or whatever you want to call him. I think that guy's that guy's really stepped up. Um, the thing, the thing too, like I saw people saying that um, um, they thought that Gabe Kidd kind of overshadowed Finley a little bit in this tournament. And I don't, I don't agree or really disagree with that. But I, e- even if that's the case, um, where Finley's supposed to be the head of the faction and, and Gabe Kid, you know, kind of maybe outshined a little bit. I mean, isn't that where we could go down the road anyway? Because that's that, that's that's what the Bullet Club has always been. It's always right, been right. So why 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 is it, why is it a bad thing? No, I, I and I, I think that the thing with that is is that uh, to me that was that was on purpose. There, there's a reason why every Gabe Kid match had him attack people for 12 minutes and then get into the ring and then everything. Like, so I I agree with you. I don't I don't think that that's a criticism. I think that that's actually pretty pretty good storytelling for the future. Um, the one thing that I think that if uh, they could turn back time on this would be if Ghetto can turn back time, um, if Yoda Suji beats. Sonata and then immediately LIJ is like, what are you doing? 
Yoda Suji and Naito at the Tokyo Dome would have been huge. I think we're going. Not, we're going there. We're going there. Yeah, we're but but, but I mean, I mean, like, like to to that that crowd that night. I never heard of Yoda Suji, and oh my god, if he'd won that night, so they would have been able to check boxes to be like, we have the most over guy, the most over guy. And so I I wonder if they second guess themselves there um, on that, but. I, I that that'd be the one thing is that watching that Yoda Suji and Sonata match from Dominion, I was literally in Yoda Suji's corner like this guy's awesome, and I was thinking they might pull the trigger. And I, now I wish they did because having them in Lij, I think having them in Lij with Yoda Suji having the belt and Naito having the briefcase is a better version of. Finn Balor and uh, Damian Priest. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's the same story, but it's a better version. So I don't know. I, I, li- I like Sonata holding the belt till Wrestle Kingdom. Hopefully they'll feed him another two, maybe two guys. Yeah. Get him like two more wins maybe between now and then. But put the belt on Naito at it, it, yeah. Wrestle Kingdom. And then over the course of the next year, 2024, let's build towards Suji and, and Naito. Maybe that'll be the Wrestle Kingdom at, at the end of 2024 is my guess. Give me each show too. Sure. Yeah. All right. Well, that was the G1 little, little wrap up. I don't know if uh, that might be a, a tooth and nail exclusive later on or an Andretti after dark. Uh, maybe. I'm vetoing that. We're too far yeah. down the road. We're too far yeah, down. Yeah. Road. Yeah. That's all right. But well, uh, look, I, we, I said everything I had to say, and so did Mongoose within yep. 10 minutes. I mean, I'm, I'm good with it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we got uh, the big show this weekend. We got All In at Wembley. And I got some questions that I need to, I want to ask you guys, because it is it is getting some, it is getting some heat. Because what Mongoose and I had talked about beforehand was that everything was kind of shot very quickly. And by shot quickly, like in the last week, they added like a ton of matches. So there hasn't been like a true build. And that's kind of like the way that the first all in was done. No angles, just matches. And to me, that's frustrating. And as a fan of AEW, what I loved in the beginning is that they build all of this out and they really took their time and things were done way in advance. So like you knew matches months in advance that was going to happen at a big show. And now they've converted into the, we're going to shoot all of these angles with like one to two weeks left. Or as what Tony Khan even said today on the, on the media call was that we're adding matches to the show tomorrow night and we're taking okay, a waste. Yeah, not adding that. We're changing the card, changing the card. He said we're changing the card. I didn't hear like, that. I, I don't. Yes. Yeah, so so the, 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 the 30, the 30 second rundown on that really quick Andretti is that on that, that media call today, he said that the card for Sunday is going to change. And some of it was, thought out in advance and some of it were curveballs that just got thrown in front of us and to me 
the some of it in advance part when the show's five days away was what are we doing? Yeah, well, the, go, ahead, go ahead though, John. One thing I do know with that is that Ray Phoenix can't get into the UK from for visa issues, so he's all shit. Gone. So yeah, who cares? <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I know so far. So I'm sure that things are going to change, but they don't got to be on every show. I for, <laughs> for me, I, I'm I'm frustrated because I wish that the card would have been laid out. And we would have had angles and stories beforehand because I feel like this is too big of an opportunity to waste with you just have the largest you have the largest crowd in wrestling history in years and and not even on American soil you have the, you already outdid what we're going to talk about in the main event with SummerSlam 92 you already outdid them and like it just feels like it's held together with like it rubber cement basically is what it seems like they're holding this thing together with so here's the here's the big problem is that this show was announced and they sold those tickets and that was in May and or June one I think it was in May actually whenever they went on sale okay. uh, but right away they had 35 36,000 people and it was surpassing everything and we had a show way back when and uh we talked about how exciting it was that they were adding a Saturday show to now be able to tell double the stories for a two and a half month build that is essentially five months of stories in two and a half months to get to this mega, mega show. And what's frustrating about it is that New Japan builds their shows the way that they do. Uh, but New Japan also is presented as sport. And AEW is not contrary to what we were told when they were formed. Yes. They are not sport. They are sports entertainment and that's okay. But if you're sports entertainment, then I should know your pay-per-view matches like after a pay-per-view almost. Do you know what I mean? And so we got through forbidden door and the frustrating thing was on dynamite last week, there were eight attacks, I think, that set up matches. And look, dude, those eight attacks, if they the first one took place, the dynamite after Forbidden Door, and they were placed every other week, or do you know like how how was that spread out? I have no problem with attacks, man, as long as you spread them out. And when they're all in the same show, if anybody watched one segment of dynamite i think you would have thought it was good but if anybody watched all of dynamite last week you would have thought oh my gosh that was a lot yeah, yeah like it just just that was a lot i'm not saying good i'm not saying bad i'm saying a lot and that's what's frustrating is that it's pro wrestling which means that you literally get to pick who wins and loses and when people attack people and when people are suspended and when they're not suspended and all this other stuff. And you, know, you have Ricky Starks is suspended for 30 days and, oh, wait, we changed it. It's actually four weeks. Like, like we're changing it mid-story. It, and it's everything. It's, it's everything that everybody didn't like about WWE when they quit watching WWE in that sense. 
like when they came on, when AEW came onto the scene, mm-hmm. their their viewership was the lapsed fan of mm-hmm. WWE. And they're falling into tropes and crutches and things that happen. Like to me, this is a guy that's too stretched, which is Tony. That's what I think anyways, is that all of a sudden there's his, his, his you know, his spoons in too many pots. Um, and I know that there's an actual creative team and stuff, but that creative team was in place at the end of spring. And so with Danielson and with Chris Daniels and QT Marshall and with Jerry Lynn and with all of these guys that are supposed to be in the room with him, like working through stuff. I I don't think that they would have said it's a good idea to do eight different attack angles on one TV two weeks before a show. And that's really frustrating, man. This, this all out show, excuse me, all in show is going to be awesome. And all out is going to be awesome. And full disclosure, I'm buying them both. So I guess I'm one of those marks that's like the loser that does it or whatever. We're going to watch them both and we're going to think that they're great shows. But that doesn't mean that the that the process to get there is the right one. And if the process to get there is not the right one, over the long term, you're going to be like, you know, top shelf TNA. And I don't want them to be top shelf TNA. No. I want them to be... 1997 WCW, meaning that it's true competition. Like I, I would like a one and a one A. I don't want a one and a two. Yes. And that's what's frustrating about this is that they're slotting themselves as being a two well, to me, the, anyways. Almost the like way that I've been looking at um, it all in has been the same way that the WWE has treated those Saudi shows, where the tickets are already sold. You're already going to get all the money. There's no sense in blowing big storylines or or big matches on a show that sold ninety thousand tickets without a card being announced. You see what I'm saying? They didn't have to. They didn't have to give those people the same thing that they would have had to have give given a crowd somewhere else. It's the same. It's the same exact principle of WWE with with Crown Jewel or whatever the hell else. They run in Saudi Arabia. Those cars are already full. They're getting their money. There's there's no reason to put big matches on those on those early um, crown jewel shows. You see that that's that's the way that I think I think that that they just got to a point where they said let's not give a crowd that's already sold and already coming these extra surprises. We don't have to do that. I think I my counter argument really that- quick though. I, I was going to say counterpoint. For me, and if it's the same, I'm sorry for thundering over you, John, that there's still a pay-per-view the week after. And so all those angles that you wanted to build for your sold show that you skipped over could have been for the show the week after. Like, it's not like they couldn't spend a summer building programs, and I don't feel like they did it. Go ahead, John. Yeah, my my thing is that it, if you're this is their biggest opportunity that they've had since the inception of AW to gain an, an audience that wants to see a spectacle, that wants to see the entertainment. They want to see somebody they want to see if somebody else can do a WrestleMania style show. And this does not feel like a WrestleMania card. Or am I like I might be on the outside on that, but I don't think for one, even though it is kind of storyline, I think it's moronic to have 
your tag team of MJF and Adam Cole, even though they're fantastic together. I love them. But I think that you're playing with fire, having them go out there and do a tag team match on a pre-show, knowing the fact that if shit goes wrong and somebody gets hurt, which seems to happen frequently in AEW, is that now you just fucked your main event in front of 81,000 people. So then you got your super creative on fly. John, John, you're right there. And the re the because this the sold show thing to back up Andretti goes back to what we've talked about before. Because it's a sold show, your main event should have been MJF and Adam Cole winning the world cha- tag team championships. Yeah. Or losing or losing them to FTR. So either if they weren't going to crown them on the highest viewed collision since the first show, which was only because of that tag team. Yeah. If they weren't going to win them, then they should have won them at this show. And then they could have broke up. Dude, if they wanted to fast track it, they could have broke them up on Wednesday. Yeah. And people would have bought the show the next Saturday or Sunday, whenever the show is. It literally could have been that easy. And, and that's what frustrated me about that was that you have you have your the best angle in your company, the best storyline in your company, they didn't run with. And look, I the Bucks and FTR is going to be the best match on that show. That that's a fact. There's you guys might think I'm wrong, but I'm telling you this, that you could write it down in pen. That's the best match on that show. Great match. But the money match would have been MJF and, and Adam Cole versus FTR. They win the titles and then do your, if you wanted them at all out, then do your split on Wednesday and people would have bought the freaking tickets, man. That's what frustrates me about that is that, that 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 pre-show thing is playing with fire, just like you said, and I don't understand why you don't run with your hottest thing, especially whenever they already had uh, ready-made. Everybody wants to cheer MJF, and now we're going to turn him heel because that's what we're that's what we had in the cards. Like it frustrates me that they didn't Sami Zayn this. Do you know what I mean? Sami Zayn went from being a three-week thing to main eventing at Montreal against Roman Reigns. Like this, this could, we could have told this story better. It's frustrating. It's fr- it's frustrating it's because the fans loved it, man. There's the, I mean, again, there's no, there's no incentive. And that's the whole problem with that whole promotion is incentive. There's no incentive for them to make money. There's no incentive for them to tell storylines that, that make logical sense and to keep people along for the ride and to and to give fans a, a, a validation and a payoff, even if it's just psychological, for being invested in your product. They don't do that. It's it's just it's not it's not very good. Well, here's the thing that is they used to. Like they 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 actually did. And that's what's most frustrating is that. We watched MJF before AEW was a thing. We watched MJF buddy up to Cody on being the elite and thought this guy's a snake. Yeah. And then we, we get through and we go to that full gear show where MJF throws in the towel on Cody 
and now it's Cody and MJF. So there's there was a there was an eight month storyline where we knew from the second we saw MJF on the first being the elite show to when they actually had TV that Cody and MJF was going to be a thing. And so you, so the people that knew knew, and that's what, so I think that I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm echoing your point is that like part of the great thing about being a wrestling fan is when you fantasy book and you get something right, you feel smart, even yeah. though like, <laughs> who cares? But like you feel smart, and so we can high five each other on a podcast, or you can say, or or people can say like, oh, so and so is wrong, but I knew it. Like that's what's really cool about being like about being a sport that is a work, is that trying to guess it, and when you guess it right, it's a good thing, and when more people guess it right than wrong, it's a better thing. Look at New Japan for that, dude. The first Naito losing to Jeff Cobb in the best Naito match that I've seen in over a year. I thought, oh my gosh, Naito looks so good. Well, then guess what Naito did? Kept winning and winning and winning. And then all Naito did was win the damn tournament. Like, that's the way you do this, man. You get to make up the results. That's what's frustrating. You hit the nail on the head. Is that you you get to make up the outcome. So if you've got an outcome, like we were saying earlier, and look, we all fantasy book, and that's just what it is because we're fans of it, and every every fan's going to fantasy book. But if we're working towards Yoda Suji and Tetsuya Naito at Wrestle Kingdom at the beginning of 2025, if we're working towards that match to crown Yoda Suji, then we know that we know that that's where we're going, right? The end destination is that match. So. What do we need to do between now and then? What are the signposts along the way between now and then? We've got, you know, a year and a half to plan this out, right? To get to, to get to where we want to be and tell this great story about two faction members who are colliding because they both think they should be the, the head of the faction and they should be the world champ, right? That's the story. That's all we need to have, right? How do we get there? And you just build it for you build it from the end backwards to where you want to be, just like it would be if we were putting together a, a fucking game plan to go play on Friday night. It's the same damn thing, right? So what's really frustrating for me about this stuff today, I didn't even hear this about Tony Khan today. I, I didn't even hear that. But what's really frustrating for me as a fan is, dude, you've had these tickets sold for months. You've had you've known all out is coming for months. You've got back to back monumental shows that are right right on top of you but you've had you've had months to plan this and and get where is it <laughs> where is the planning it's just it's like you said why was there not a big a big confrontation where mjf and adam cole beat the young bucks or whoever they end up beating they get a number one title shot they go in there they almost beat ftr they turn on each other, whatever the hell it ends up being, right? And it falls apart. And now these guys actually have absolute have actually hated each other the entire time, which is what is it gets revealed. And then they're the then they're the main event at the at all at all out, right? What why why this is so I hear I hear smart people say this all the time. I hear people like Lance Storm say this all the time. People I think I've even heard Les Thatcher say this before. We make this too complicated. And it's yeah. the same damn thing that we've done with football games and baseball strategy and all the things we've ever done. 
You saw the Dodgers, you know, in their own heads when they lost that World Series because they couldn't get the metrics out of their own head. They got in their own way. How many football coaches have the three of us known that can't get out of their own way? Dave wants that. Guy would not ever, would never change, never change his game plan. He would, go, he would go into a game and say, our game plan is going to be to run the ball. And they go in there and they run the ball and they get their ass kicked. And it's halftime and the other coaches are like, are we going to make any changes? He's like, no, we're going to stick to our game plan. Dude, what, what are you talking about? You can't do that. You can't do that. You've got, you've got to be able to adjust. You've got to be able to forecast and adjust. And it just seems like Tony Khan's not able to do that. Wait, does he I, I, plan? I'm sorry. Quick, I, I just want one more time, John, before you, I'm going to let you go. I, I'm not letting go. I watch all these shows, and so do you guys. Those reactions for Cole and MJF as a tag team just ride the wave it ain't that hard dude it ain't that hard just ride the wave and when the rave when it hits its crescendo and it starts to then break them up go ahead that's, that's all I had to say is that that's just that's what makes me mad is that stop fighting your fan base there's no reason to yeah it's 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 really frustrating because everything that you said, Andretti, about that, that's a really simple thing that they could have laid out. It's very simple storytelling where they're a team. WWE is the masters of putting people together to break them up. And they're AEW just is like they can't they can't. It's so fucking frustrating because it's such an easy story. They could have broken them up. They've teased it too many times. That's almost the thing with me and AEW right now is they tease too many things for too long. They, they dictate you too long until you've already, you, you don't, you don't even got hard on anymore. You're just well, right. Well, the, problem, the problem, John, is that there's some of that. Like we still have not seen Swerve versus Keith Lee. We still haven't seen it, but, but then we have in one of the best angles they ever did. And I mean this from the start of the company, was Swerve and Aero Fox going to Buddy Wayne's training facility and killing Nick Wayne. That was, that dude, that was great. That was great television. So what do they do? Oh, we announce Sting and Darby Allen versus Aero Fox and Swerve in a coffin match, which you think, oh, dude, how great would it be if Buddy Wayne, or excuse me, Buddy, RIP Buddy in a coffin match, Jesus. If Nick Wayne comes out of the coffin, yeah, and 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 murks these guys, right, dude? Nick Wayne's back last week, and now we have Nick Wayne and Darby versus Ar Fox and uh, Swerve on Dynamite this week. Give it away! What? 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 That? It's what? Why? Why? I'll tell you exactly because it's it's booked by a person who has flashes of creative brilliance. And then it burns out of his mind really quick and he can't control himself and he can't control his impulses. And he moves on to the next thing without any payoff. That guy can't be the day-to-day booker. Now maybe he's the, maybe he's the long-term guy who says, I want to see this and I want to see that just like a seat, like a CEO, but he should not be the guy. Well, you know what, Andretti, here's the thing is that listening to Cornette and Pritchard, as long as I did, which both guys, certified workers. So God only knows what they say, what's true and what's not. Yeah. But the thing is, is if you cross them both over, 
the the deal was that the WWF and WWE's rise was here's Vince's idea. We're going to meet at the pool in Florida. And so I want Hogan and Savage. Get me there. Yeah. I want Brett and Sean. Get me there. I want Stone Cold and The Rock. Get me there. And those meetings at the pool was you had Pritchard, you had Pritchard and, and Cornette Patterson. and those guys. And Patterson, yeah. Like no, those, those no guys Pat there Patterson. to get you there. And look, I, I, I was I was about to say I was about to say there's no Pat Patterson, there's no Bruce Pritchard. That's bullshit. There are people there who know exactly what to do and how to get there. We're just not listening to these people, and that's that. Like that, that's exactly what it is. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not wrong. I was saying to Bake before we got on here um, that the, you know John. I know John. John and and Dave had a. Uh, had a uh you know uh, a podcast falling out where john gave up on him oh, um but, but i told him well i told the thing is though is that i know that he was getting frustrated because of you know just spinning in circles about all the stuff after brawl out but the what i've heard from dave especially these last three months has been the best thing that i could have wanted to hear which was tony do your job bro like people in the locker room aren't happy and it's your fault. Like he, he, he says in his, um, uh, mm, uh, mm, uh, you know, just 7,000 words to say five way of saying, buddy, this should have been handled in May of 2022. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't and, and that's the truth is that he's, he's, it's right. It should have been handled in May of 2022. Like you, you listen to, uh, um, I, I don't listen to the Observer very much. I, I listen to Dave, or I mean, I listen to Brian uh, uh, maybe like once every three weeks. But um, did you listen to Victor uh, Souza? I think his name is, and Les Thatcher. From the so Les Thatcher, dude, last week they let Tony have it. Oh, and here's the thing: is they said when he did good, and I, I love when you say what someone does good. Right before you get the shovels out. And they should have, man. Like, look, brother, you wrestling fans are rooting for your company. And the only reason that they're not still with you is your fault. Because you have abandoned what was your initial game plan. And in the meantime, the WWE has found themselves good long-term storylines that people can get behind. Those WWE shows, by and large, aren't very good. But you know what is good? The Bloodline, the Judgment Day, and then a couple of things along the way. Um, Cody. The um, Gunther, you know, Sheamus, Edge. So they, they have just enough to supplement it that people keep coming back. And so you've now run off as AEW, the Laps fan, who says, oh, I heard WWE's getting better. And if I'm a WWE person, or used to be, and I tuned in the back the backlash, and I watched that backlash show, well, brother, I'm I'm locked in. You know, if I was the last WWE fan and I watched that Quebec show, my, the Montreal show with Sami Zayn, I'm I'm back in. They they've 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 been their own worst enemy. 
because they've, they've, got, they've, they've got told their they've told their worst stories while WWE's told their best, and they've, they've got that's the way this goes too. It's an ebb and flow thing. An unbelievable amount of talent in that in AEW yeah. that covers up all the foolishness, and that's why that's why it's so frustrating for us as fans because, as you said, um, we're going to watch all in and we're going to watch all out, and and it, it, when you look at when you just view those. When you just view those in a vacuum, right? You're gonna, you're gonna, if like I'm, I'm talking ten years from now, right? Ten years from now, whenever we log into whatever you know, whatever platform AEW has, and we go back and we watch um, this All In show, we're gonna be like, holy cow, that was unbelievable, dude! All Out was unbelievable. But that's the thing about them is that when you, they're, it's almost like they're, they're, they're really good at building these like vacuum shows where when you go back or you watch it just in the moment, it's so fantastic. But when you try to invest over the course of time in the buildup to those shows, it's so insane. It's just, it's, it's just, it's, it's illogical. Yes. And it is frustrating beyond belief, but in the same token, like we're going to wa- we're going to watch both of those shows and we're going to be like, this is fantastic. These guys are unbelievable talents. They're the best in the world at what they do, this and that. And then we're going to turn it back on on Dynamite the following Wednesday. And we're going to be like, why am I watching this? Why am I watching Dynamite? Like, there's, I could never watch Dynamite or Rampage again and and still and probably be a lot happier in my life just watching the pay-per-views. Yeah. That's really quick, John. That's, that's, that's 2018 WWE. Yeah, like that. That's what it was. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, that's actually a very good point. My my thing is that they've they've had a lot of goodwill with the fans, that they rode that wave for two years, and then I don't know what happened in twenty twenty one, end of twenty twenty one, beginning of twenty twenty two. I don't know what happened. I don't know if that is related to Mister Phil getting involved. I don't know what that is, but since. Ever since that point, and listen, I'm the biggest CM Punk mark that we got here on this show right now, but ever since then, things have gone downhill to the point where I don't care to even watch Dynamite anymore. I only want to watch Collision, and you're never going to catch me watching Rampage ever again because they've only time to on. Dude, Collision sucks. Like, if, if this, if Collision is going to be what Collision is, I got news for you. I watched the last two episodes. I don't care about a good main event if I'm watching six squash matches on every show. Well, see, I don't, like, I don't mind it. I, I actually uh, think Collision's better than Dynamite. Well, dude, you say that now, but when you continue to see uh, Action Andretti getting killed by Miro, you're not gonna like. You're not going to keep watching. No. You won't. And, and like there, those 30 minute main events is what is is what is keeping people on. And that um, that first segment with Punk as the golden vampire, that was awesome. Uh, that was awesome. I give him that. Um, but you can't tell me that you're going to keep wanting to see Miro just give the game over to, you know, Griff Garrison. Do something with you're, you're not. Yeah. What's that? Do something with him, other than just squash people. We already know he can squash people. We squash Miro. Miro's working with. Hulk. We're going to get a well, good match. 
He is working with Hobbs, but the problem with that, John, was that he had programs pitched to him where he was going to need to take a loss, and he said, homie, don't play that. Why should he? Well, you say why should he? Dude, because you're getting paid money to lose. I know, I know. Look, like, man, you like, that's, a, that's, that's the thing is, you you ain't you you ain't you ain't it. Like you are only Superman because we wrote on paper Miro goes over. Like if if we have a shoot fight competition, Bart Gunn wins. Look, you want to go back to 2021 and see where it was? I'll give you a quick rundown of what it was. It's Phil Brooks, it's Collision, it's Rampage, it's buying ROH. It's all of those things. It's a bloated roster where you keep letting people tell you to bring their friends in and pay them to be on top. When you can't, not everybody can play for the Celtics. I'm so, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm I, I'm I'm sorry to every high school basketball player out there. You're not going to play for the Boston Celtics. Only two of you are ever going to do that. You know, but like that's the thing, man. Is is there they've there's there's not one issue. It is a series of issues yeah. that have gone out of control, and it's just a, a, an accumulation of of several of those things. That's what happened. Yeah, but uh, and in addition to all of that, you don't listen to anybody. Right. So that you, and, and the, the the worst the worst one of all is the fact that you don't take advice. Right. Yeah. Um, but you should take our advice, and you should watch <laughs> all of that. To be said, you should watch all in this weekend because it will be, a, be awesome. It'll be a big show. <laughs> I, I John, I can't wait for the show. <laughs> and here's and here's the thing, man, is that I and you, not Andretti, because Andretti Andretti is a real one. But you and I, John, we watched Great Balls of Fire 2018. Yeah, you know dude. what I mean? We, there was I did a whole bunch of hate watching, brother, and it is uh, these criticisms aimed at AEW is only because i love pro wrestling and i don't want you to suck like i want you to be really good and you were really good the, all in 2021 will literally go down all in 2021 might be the best wrestling show i've ever seen and i mean that it might be the best wrestling show i've ever seen and it's, i'm not saying that every show needs to equal that but it's a shame that that was the peak. I was hoping that that was going to be the thing that really, oh my gosh, here we are, true competition. And it wasn't. It was the crescendo and then the waves started to crash. It sucks. Well, That's I what mean, sucks about that. Look, it's it's going to be fun and we're going to have a good time watching that. I, you know, but let's, uh, let's, let's, we should probably I do want to say though, I do want to say that Danielson breaking his arm sucks because the co-main event for the show was supposed to be Omega and Danielson. And the only match that probably could have been better than Omega and Osprey one or two could have been Omega and Danielson in front of 8,000 people with 35 minutes. Yeah. And so that sucks. And that's not their fault. That sucks. That does suck. One thing I will say about AEW that's ruined a lot of their shows is that they have way too many injuries, and I don't know why that is, but th- there's been they do dumb shit on free weekly TV. That's why there's too mu- there's too many injuries that have ruined too many of their shows. That actually has not happened to WWE in a while. So knock on wood for everybody else. But 
you know, we don't want to see people hurt. We want to see everyone healthy, but I don't know. Watch all out. Really quick before we wrap this up, the, the uncle Dave theory with this is that when um, guys would go to Japan in the early nineties. So when you'd have your Terry Gordons and those kinds of guys that would go to Japan, what happened was 40. She's Gordon. Yeah. Terry Gordy. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Your, ter- your, your Terry Gordy's your uh, Scott Hall was trying to go over there. Um, Hogan did a couple of runs. Uh, so those types that would go over to Japan for those little money making runs um, is that when you were doing, um, Oh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams was another big one that would go to Japan and make money. The thing was, was that they would have these like six weeks on and then three weeks off kind of like deals. And so when they got to the end of that six weeks, they kill each other because they'd be like, I got three weeks off. You know what I mean? So we can go balls out of here. We can have this game changer match. And the problem is with the AEW schedule, even though it's only once per week or twice per month or whatever, that that mentality sort of sneaks in there and you're taking bumps that you would never take on weekly TV on weekly TV because of that. Do you know what I mean? So because you're not working four days, four days, a, four days a week, like just to make your bills paid or whatever. Um, and that's a really interesting way to think about that is that even though that schedule is so enticing for a lot of people that because that schedule is so enticing, you think I have a week off, or I have two weeks off, or I have three weeks off, that you're taking bumps you shouldn't have, and that's what ends up with the injuries. Yeah, agreed. But uh, but yeah, all of that to be said, you should you should buy All In because it is going to be it's the biggest show, uh, the biggest crowd in pro wrestling uh, that's been in years since at least WrestleMania 32. That was uh, that was the 101,000. Uh, but this is bigger than the SummerSlam 92 show uh, that we are going to be uh, main eventing with. So we encourage everyone to buy all in uh, and and enjoy yourself because it is going to be a spectacle. And we buried them a lot and we didn't really preview any of the show other than the fact that we we love AEW. We want AEW to be better and they just continuously are proving us that they don't know what the hell they're doing. So speaking yeah. of somebody that might know what the hell they were doing in 1992 um, is SummerSlam 92. And the reason we want to talk about this show also is that this was conveniently the last wrestling show that was in Wembley Stadium. So with that, we're going to let uh, Mongoose uh, take the reins and give us the details on SummerSlam 92. All right. So thank you, Mr. John. So we have a August 29th, 1992 card coming to us from Wembley Stadium. Um, this one is especially special to me because 1992 was the year that I was actually starting to get on delay pay-per-views um, so that if something got, you know, something took place on a Sunday, I got the recorded VHS tape like a week later or whatever. Um SummerSlam 92 was one of the first shows that I got to see for that. And so really quick before we get into everything, 
uh, going to the Wrestling Observer Newsletter from that year. Uh, the actual edition was the September 8th, 1992 edition of the Wrestling Observer Newsletter. SummerSlam 92 received a 73% thumbs up, a 15.3% thumbs down, and an 11.7% thumbs in the middle. So that was based off of, uh, what do we got here? About 110-ish votes. Um Best match overwhelmingly was Bret Hart versus the British Bulldog. Second place in that poll was Randy Savage versus the Ultimate Warrior. The worst match overwhelmingly was Nails versus Virgil. Second place was Shawn Michaels versus Rick Martel, which I very greatly disagree with there. Uh, Undertaker versus Kamala, which I very greatly disagree with there. Uh, and then Crush versus the Repo Man. And then the final one getting votes for worst match was Natural Disasters versus the Beverly, Brother, the Beverly Brothers. And I'll tell you what, that's just two, people being too smart in 1992 because this show was a lot of fun. Um, so really quick, this uh, 19, excuse me, 1992 SummerSlam show, 829 London, England, Wembley Stadium had 80,355 fans paid uh, approximately $2.7 million in 1992 money. That's got to be a lot, right? That's got to be a lot. Uh, this would be the second largest crowd that, that to attend a pro wrestling event, only trailing Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant in the Pontiac Silverdome in 1987. The gate figure... Uh, would be around 7th place all-time, trailing Hulk Hogan in the Ultimate Warrior match in Toronto and five Tokyo Dome shows. So, John, what you got, brother? Uh, yeah, that would be about, like, it would be over $4 million in today's money is what the purchasing or what the ticket price. Okay, so that's big-time money, man. Big-time money in 1992. Uh, yeah, so... This show was this show's an absolute spectacle. Uh, one thing to lead off before we get into um, the show is that this was this SummerSlam was actually supposed to take place in Landover, Maryland. And when they realized that, well, this is also business is way down in 1992. So that is also a thing to keep in mind that this is not peak WWE. Well, this is this is the first post Hulk Hogan SummerSlam. Right. Hulk had left in 92 after the Sid Justice match. And that Sid Justice WrestleMania match was the build towards Hulk's last match. So that's that's a really big thing with this. Yeah, they did a UK tour. And on that tour is when they realized that Vince decided we're going to take SummerSlam and we're going to bring it to Wembley. And that was actually Vince's idea that was brought to him by the two people in the office that were booking uh buildings and they brought it to vince and they convinced vince that it was a good idea so that's how they got to wembley um and it's that's absolutely insane to think about that this is the first biggest like this is the only SummerSlam that's been not on american soil the first and last one and they haven't done it since and it's really crazy that you know AEW kind of beat WWE back to Wembley which is an insane thing to think about but um leading into this show first off we start off hot with a great tag match uh Dave gave this match 2 and 1 quarter star uh this is LOD versus Money Inc 
How about the fact that Ico Pro sponsored this uh the show? Yes, this is right. Dude, before, yeah. Every, every time they showed a body, like, oh crush, you know, he's a big he takes his Ico Pro. I popped. Oh. Uh, before we get into the beginning of the, of the the first match, can we talk about the people uh that they interviewed like to start the show? And especially the person. And, and especially the person that says that British Bulldog is going to win whether he wants to or not. I've got it written down on top. <laughs> Dude, whether he wants to or not. What if he I mean, wants to? Yeah, that's that's actually really funny that you mentioned that because that. What a line. Whether he wants to or not. British Bulldog is going to win whether he wants to or not. Brother must have known it was a work from the get go. Yes, that that. um we'll talk about we'll talk about the british bulldog uh, at the end but yeah yeah that person was actually id'd on on socials uh years later came out that that's who they that was them uh really insane that that is that line is absolutely incredible i actually love that that's how they started the show uh with meeting all of those people and giving their takes like out uh, ahead of time it was it was a, it was a great start to the show and for the people that don't know it was a taped show the broadcast, the broadcast at the U.S. was a taped version. If you didn't know, they actually cut a Tatanka versus Berserker match for pay-per-view, which I wish that I could cut Vince's head off for that, or at least punch him in the stomach. What are you doing? You can. I want to see that match more than I wanted to see. You can Brett versus Davy Boy. You have to buy a certain UK VHS version to get that to get the full SummerSlam card because they removed, I believe, two matches, and I, that was one of them. Well, Tatanka what, what, Berserker what, what, is what I wanted. What got me. removed? Huh? Tatanka versus Berserker. There was two more matches on that card? Dude, the, the, the Tatanka versus the Berserker was the match before Brett versus Davey Boy. And the fact that I don't have that is infuriating. It's infuriating. I, I hate it. <laughs> and they also cut that Papa Shango match. Um, but yeah, so the first match, uh, if you're you're going to watch this on Peacocks, that's the only version you can kind of get now, unless you want to dig deep into the archives and get that original VHS version, um, was LOD versus Money Inc. And <laughs> there's some notes that I have here on... Uh, on Hawk, because it's very noticeable that dude didn't give a rat's ass about this match he sucked and um so here we go hawk he was anticipating his third failed drug test uh he also hated the rocco gimmick in the fact that rocco was more over than the team itself <laughs> yeah well be yeah. better than a puppet put the belt on rocco then yeah <laughs> He was hopped up on pills during the match, and he allegedly almost didn't make it out of the tunnel because they weren't sure he was going to make it down to the ring. You want you want some advice for all in? Bring Toro Yano in and put Rocco with him and put him over and it all yeah. in. The fact well, that they I, that and that guy drove Rocco, a motorcycle. Rocco returns to Wembley is what it should be billed as. <laughs> the fact Dude. That he hopped up on pills and he drove a motorcycle to the ring is insanity. Well, it's it's not insanity in 1992 uh, because all these guys have taken enough somas to kill a horse. Um, but the the crazy thing here is that uh, 
I watched Paul Ellering actually throw his voice to a dummy that had a leather jacket on in the middle of a match that had the Road Warriors there against Ted DiBiase and Bray Wyatt's dad, who was also a tax collector, who yelled at the British people for not paying their taxes, which is really funny because, like, you know, there's a whole, like, you know, taxation representation thing. He could have made that joke. No, he just complained that they didn't pay their fair share to the royal family. Um, How great are Jacques Rougeau and Mike Rotunda for making those stupid gimmicks work? Yes, it's it's, it's fantastic. And here's another thing is that the fact that um, Vince kept talking about Bobby Heenan, why are you wearing that stupid crown the entire time? Every time they say it, it, it did pop me. It, it was it was great. I, I, the um, first the first thing I popped at during that match was when um, Animal I think is on the outside, and you can see Hawk in the in the top of the ring, and Joey Morella just walking over there to check on him. And, and yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, dude, this is not gonna this is not gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it, like it's it's really wild that they were, and here's here's what I loved was that they were checked out. I don't want to say love. It's a little bit bittersweet, heartbreaking. They're checked out, right? They're done because they their contracts are ending. Hawk's going to fill his drug tests. They're going to be out. They're going to give the Road Warrior money to the Steiner brothers to start uh, Royal Rumble 93, blah, blah, blah. But do, do they had a British fan that literally had on like Russell Athletic shoulder pads with shoot spikes out of them just like tape down with duct tape just screaming like they were so over man and that was what sucked was that they that we had the most regular lod road warriors whatever match you ever want to say um and they were still so over i i wish i wish that they decided this and maybe maybe that's what like powered Hawk to work through it. I don't know. Well, I think it was because the people were so crazy. Uh, but I I do. I wish that they'd have turned it up a little bit because Dude. it's not like DiBiase. It's not like DiBiase and Rotunda wouldn't have given them everything. They did. They did give them everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You know yeah, funny? yeah. Like, you want to talk about how good of friends Hawk and Animal are. How about the worst friend ever, Animal, just letting Hawk in there, getting killed? <laughs> Hawk wrestled. Hawk wrestles 80% of that match. Animal's just standing on the outside. Like, you would think he'd be like, I know my buddy's completely fucked up out of his mind right now and is super yeah. unhappy, so I'm not going to let him work the majority of this match. Animal just leaves him in the ring to do everything. It was ridiculous. Well, the funny yeah. thing about Hawk is, is after the show, he didn't go back, so he he retroactively had quit the company that night. He didn't go back on the plane with the rest of the roster. He stayed in London and allegedly uh, partied with Hell's Angels of London and just stayed there. And we didn't see LOD again until 1996 on Nitro. That's what, that's that's what I'd have done. That's a long party. Yeah, that's what I'd have done. So that uh, makes sense. Uh, but, that was the that finish was awful. Oh, no, it was it was it was a total poop fart. And Hawk is like, in the way. Dude. Hawk is in the way. Animal has to grab had to grab Rotundo and pin his ass. Yeah, it was, yeah. 
ridiculous. So bad. And there's still Paul Ellering throwing his voice on a ventriloquist dummy. What are we doing? Dude, John, did you ever see the superstars where they found Rocco? No. It's so good. You you're doing yourself a disservice. I will I will find this not tonight because by the time we get done, it's too late. I will find this. There is this entire WWF superstar segment where they're going back to their roots, going through a demolished part of Chicago, Illinois, oh, wow. and they find just amongst rubble a <laughs> ventriloquist dummy. Oh, and Rocco is going to be their rallying cry. It's the, it, 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 I would say it's the stupidest thing ever until you see Tatanka go to an actual Native American uh, reservation and have his full headdress and head paint on or face paint on and go <laughs> in front of these actual like poor Indian kids that live on a reservation. Um, but uh, it's bad, man. It's bad. It was bad. Uh, but yeah, then uh, we get a little bit of a Ric Flair backstage segment. Um, th- these were always good, but the other thing that was that was crazy of note is that there's no Ric Flair match in Wembley Stadium. I mean, and he's he- wearing his gear, which drives me out of my freaking mind. Yeah. And the robe, it, it doesn't it doesn't drive me because he's always ready, man. I actually like that. I actually like that he's ready to rock the whole time, full regalia. Just just what are we doing, Rick? Oh, nothing. I just came to the show and I'm here to party. I love it. I do. But uh, our our next the next match, which I was so excited when we saw this, it was nails versus meat sauce, Virgil. Yeah, th- yeah, dude, this was everything I ever wanted to see. I was so excited. Dave gave it, Dave gave it a half a star. It's dude, which is, dude, that's a half a star more than I'd have gave it. Um, why, why was Virgil's nose running so bad in that in that interview segment? I literally wanted to talk about this, that I could not, damn UHD, for me being able to just see straight snot running out of Virgil's nose. And so I can only attribute that to a high amount of amphetamine. There is nothing else that would cause a human's mouth or a human's nose to just run other than you're on so many uppers that you can't deal with it right now. And so you can't pee, um, but you can just drain waste out of your nose. Uh, so good for you, Virgil. That 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 was what I took out of it. So you know Maybe. the last, the last note I had on that match was congrats on the Hasbro's. Yeah, both of them, man. I'll tell you what, dude. They both deserved them. Here's the thing: match was terrible. The the gimmicks were. So 1992, and they both deserve figures. They did, and I'm glad they got them, and I thought that this was great. It was a total half star. This is not over or undershooting anything. This was a half star match, and I loved it. I loved every second of it. Uh, yeah. Uh, the uh, Something other of note here really quick, too, is that uh, this, is, this show is where Nails, uh, when he eventually gets his payoff from this show, is whenever he goes to assault Vince, uh, physically assault Vince backstage, and then claim that Vince sexually assaulted him, uh, and that's why he was. Yeah. Going to see, which- yeah, and here's and here's what's great is that Nails then says that Vince made him take steroids, and no one has ever had a baggier prison uniform than Nails. 
like nails could have been built worse than me on you know seven months of donuts and no one would have known because it's a baggy doc numbers ah, town nails not to say not to say that vince didn't call his shot you know what i mean but (laughs) uh but he definitely didn't give him no juice uh but yeah the we did Lord Alfred Hayes uh, backstage. who's was at Macho Man's locker room, and they did this throughout the show. When he eventually goes to Ultimate Warrior's locker to see uh, see if he can get some insight on who is is if um, I I think this is the last Lord Alfred Hayes appearance. I think because I don't remember him after this, and I love Lord Alfred Hayes, man. I think he's great. I do. Gotta I think he's a, great. Gotta get a figure. Somebody's got to make a figure of Lord Alfred Hayes. Yeah, um, but the next match, and I. 1000 this was my favorite i think this is my favorite match on the show and and dave gave it a half a star and i have to 1000 percent disagree uh this he's, is- he's, that that's that's dave being pretentious in 1992 because yes. this is this is not a half star work uh-huh. i think that this is a half star because of all the rigmarole afterwards Which- if i'm being i think i think he's grading the segment yeah, because this match was great, and I'm not saying four star great, but this was very entertaining, man. Yes, uh, Shawn Michaels versus Rick Martel, and there is the stip that they cannot hit each other in the face, and they are vying for Sherry. Uh, Sherry is, you know, kind of leaning towards going with being being enticed by the hot model mm-hmm. Rick Martel, or does she want to stay with the boy toy Shawn Michaels? Uh, she fakes her she fake faints multiple times, which I loved. Uh, but everything that happened, oh, they give her CPR in the middle of the match, which I absolutely died for when they gave her CPR fighting back and forth for who's going to give her CPR was fantastic. Well, the first the first thing we need to we need to state is that this is 1992 and not 2022. And so there's not like instagram model buttholes all over the place and so sherry having that those like cheeks out (laughs) once bobby heenan says about like people keep singing moons over miami i'm dying at all of the butt references that bobby heenan's making you know he's popping vince right next to him um these guys worked awesome the fact that they worked around i can't hit you in the face so well Shawn michaels a really subtle thing super kicks martel in the chest at that point in time the super kick wasn't really Shawn michaels finish it was actually super kick into like a like a gut wrench kind of suplex um but he doesn't super kick him in the face he super kicks him in the chest i thought that those little things like that were awesome and then once sherry gets up there and then faints and the fact that they showed the pre-match thing of rick martel looking at sherry and her eyes get huge and he winks at her and they put the camera on sherry and her eyes are huge and she winks at him like dude who's a better pro than sherry martel man she's she's hall of fame and like first ballot man she's so good at what she does and her doing that faint gimmick and then looking up and looking at the guys and then they come and then rick martell coming out with that bucket of water and him being baby face of the millennium 
I'm gonna throw it. I'm gonna throw it, and then he just dumps it on her, dude. That I was dying. I that was I absolutely loved it. To me, that's a three star match, and that's a four star segment. And I don't care what Dave thought. I I thought that that was awesome. I thought it was awesome. I loved how many times Sherry bumped on the ramp on the way. <laughs> just every- that's it. That's what I mean, dude. Every she would just flop down, and and then Martel came out, and the crowd reaction he got for holding that bucket of water, and then when he just dumped it right on her, it was perfect, brother. It was perfect. It was. Uh, but then we got natural disasters. Uh, they defeat the Beverly Brothers, and Dave gave this one a one star. And- I had, I had, I'm sorry, I had to check an email here. I got one more note from that last match. Okay. <laughs> the rat with the Michaels sexiest man in the world sign just got done eating a can of baked beans for breakfast. That's what I wrote. Uh, dude it was uh, it was that i loved i loved that entire segment man i did i loved it i loved it loved every second of it that was my favorite the whole show it was so good uh so so this natural disasters match here's what i have to say first off um i might have brought this up in the pod before but i need to bring it up now one of the more traumatic uh, wrestling childhood experiences in my life was me watching WWF superstars on a Saturday morning at my in my living room as an eight year old, and seeing the uh, seeing Money Inc. put the um, uh, there was the sleeper from Irwin R. Scheister and then the Million Dollar Dream from uh, Ted DiBiase. They kept tagging off to each other and to put out Typhoon. And they won those belts off of the natural disasters. And like to see this show when I saw like, oh my gosh, I see these seeds being sown. It was really traumatic for me uh, because the natural disasters are so good. And brother, as over as I thought the LOD was with this crowd, the hot tag for Earthquake Dude, this place went insane. There were eighty thousand earthquake fans. I was, I was, I was gobsmacked at how insane they went for the earthquake hot tag. And then when the natural disasters won that match, dude, they were more over than the LOD. As crazy as it say, it's true. I don't know why people don't like the natural disasters more because I think they're excellent. They they were awesome, man. They were absolutely awesome. Uh, yeah, we go, we have this bushwhacker thing backstage. Uh, I know that we saw the bushwhacker, uh, Luke a couple weeks ago. Down at Hollywood. We, saw a, lot, we saw a lot of him that night. Saw a lot yeah. of him. Saw his bare ass cheeks hanging out. But, uh, how about those hats that they're wearing, dude, with the, with the bite mark, dude, we got to get those hats, man. I, I, I started fast. I, when it happened, I was like, I have no idea what I'm watching. I'm, I'm done. I'm skipping forward. <laughs> That's your problem. I watched the whole thing. I, we, we, we think we know oh, where we're going there, Benji. But uh, yeah, it was awesome. Excellent. Talking in a New Zealand accent, it was wonderful. It was excellent. There was no reason to have him on the show, and that's why I loved it. <laughs> uh, the next match was Crush uh, defeating Repo Man and what defeat gave a quarter You want to talk about something I wasn't ready for, Okay. I, I remember 30, 
XXX-year-old me remembers Kamala Taker, Nails and Virgil, Money Inc. and LOD. Like, I knew those things were coming. I was not ready for Crush versus the Repo Man. And there's no mention of Demolition. No No mention. This was was the the real mega mega powers explode. Crush, Crush. Yeah. These guys are literally former tag team champions. And it's just hashtag thanks for the memories. They didn't even even give us a a little nugget by saying these guys used to be best friends. Yeah, they gave you literally nothing. And and that that, that goes into the macho and um, warrior thing. How hard would it have been when macho goes to the top probe and they're saying this could be it to say like, don't forget the warrior kicked out of six elbow drops on WrestleMania a year ago. Like 1991, Macho gives the warrior six or seven flipping elbow drops and the warrior kicks. Not a mention, man. That's what it's, it's like. You're, you're like, you're, you're racing your own history. What are you doing? Ah, oh, that was strange. But yeah. yeah, so we, we did, we did, we had, we had Axe. Or, uh, excuse me, Smash versus Crush here. Um, one of them now is Canadian or uh, uh, Canadian. One of them now is uh, Hawaiian, and the other one is a uh, car stealer. Cat so burglar. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> cat burglar. How awesome is Repo Man stalking around the ring and being like he's a like he's a, a Batman villain from the sixties? So that that is that is actually really great. Um, that was just that was something, man. That's all I have to say is that was something. A quarter star <laughs> is fair. And, yeah. and that doesn't mean I didn't love it, but a quarter star is fair. Yeah, it was quick. I and- think it was better than that. I think it was better than a quarter star. You think it was a half star? I'd probably give it a three. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I watched every second of that match because I love those guys. I love Crush and I love I love Dorso. So I, I, I watch everything with them. Yeah, uh, well... Mongoose had mentioned this Warrior and Macho Man match, and this was one of the co-main events of the show. Uh, this is for the WWF title. It is a weird babyface versus babyface that they did. They usually typically don't do that in WWF at this time. Uh, but Dave gave it four stars. Um, Dude, this, this is a four-star match. This match is awesome. This finish sucks, but this match is awesome. And I And I got to say this. You want to know how good Macho Man is? The two best matches of the Warriors' career are both against Macho Man, and it ain't close. The only well, the only one close is Hogan versus Warrior, but oh, dude, that Mania Seven, and then this match. These matches are great. They are great, and it's it's because of Macho, dude. Macho's the best. He's the best. Yeah. And that match was this good with a terrible finish. Oh I tell you what, I was pissed when they got to that finish and it was a damn count out. And Mod, they're like, oh, oh, you know, like Ultimate Warrior wins, count out, but he doesn't retain the title. He doesn't get the title because he can't win. Well, and it was like, what are right, we well, doing? Well, the, the idea there was that they then went to the Ultimate Maniacs which were supposed to face Flair and Perfect um, at the, or excuse me, Flair and Razor Ramon, not Flair and Perfect, Flair and Razor Ramon at Survivor Series. 
And then Warrior couldn't pass drug tests and held him up for money for the show and all that stuff. And so that was where we got uh, Macho and Perfect versus Flair and Ramon. Um, but like, it it was a really cheap way out. But dude, both Flair, excuse me, both uh, Macho and Warrior did so good at selling like, and I mean like 15 minutes in, like I can't stand up anymore. Yeah. And it was, it was comical pro wrestling selling, but it was still like, I could just, I, I was invested to be like, Oh, these guys are so gassed. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially eight year old me is just like, Oh my gosh, can one of you stand up? Whoever stands up wins, you know? And then the way that they did that subtle, perfect pull the pull the boot of macho oh my gosh he's on warrior side and then they jump in they beat down warrior oh my gosh he's on savage's side i did really think that that was great it's just the finish was terrible um all-time great we, gear match though what's that time great gear match macho's gear and this warrior gear is insane it's insanely good i don't understand why he chose that uh the meat the the human meat gear but it's because it's because the 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 heart of whatever is the blood of the warrior because where on his meat suit where the heart was is a warrior symbol uh he didn't want to put the paint on i'm assuming he wanted to get lazy it's it's because he's a he was off the gear and so we had two guys that just went off the gear yeah macho even though even though both of these people are built the way that I wish that I could be for a day, they both felt the need to cover their bodies. Um, so Warrior is off the gear. That's why he's wearing singlets at this time. Macho off the gear. That's why he's wearing his shirts. Um, I need to say this, that Dave said, the Warrior shrunk like crazy. He looked about 225, very much like a taller Brian Pillman, but without the wrestling ability. Considering he looked like this when he came back, then suddenly got noticeably bigger, then shrunk a major amount in just a few weeks, you can't convince me of anything other than he was given special permission to use chemical aids up until a few weeks ago because he looked exactly like every big bodybuilder a week, uh, a few weeks before getting off the juice. Savage was great here carrying the action. So... Rap on that match. <laughs> that could- well, well, there there was a reason that Warrior was gone for a while, and then ran in very late to the Papa Shango thing at WrestleMania Eight, and now here he is. And now, not only is he back, but he's wearing a singlet, and you know. But I I like that uh, that uh, uh, looked like Brian Pillman without the wrestling ability. So good for you, fine Brian. Yeah, and then uh, we, then we get this next match which is Undertaker and Kamala. Dave gave it a negative one star. Dude, when, when I heard Taker's music, I got up and went in the kitchen and got something to eat. I, I didn't see any of it. Oh, it's, a, it's a, one. Dave gave it negative one. I gave it positive 19 for overall 18 stars. <laughs> I love this, dude. I was so in on Taker versus Kamala, so I don't care. I know that this gets paid off at Survivor Series, I love it. I love it. Love, love, love it. The entrance that Undertaker made was is very memorable. And uh, you know what? Give 
put the damn belt on Kamala for that cell job. <laughs> Kamala is so great, man. The way that he sells being spooked. Oh, dude. I, I just love it. I love I, I pro- it. Man. I probably should have watched it, but I, I just didn't watch it. Uh, go back. It's only like four minutes long, so it won't take much of your time. I just, Kamala's the greatest, man. And they're going to do the payoff where Taker spends four months, uh, you know, playing sanding boards, building the casket for Kamala. Uh, but I loved it. I did. And so the uh, spoiler alert for all the listeners, I didn't watch the main event. <laughs> so I watched everything but the main event. So I'll let you guys talk about it. I think it was pretty good. Yeah, this was uh, this is Bulldog, uh, British Bulldog versus Bret Hart for the Intercontinental Championship. This was the big match, uh, Bulldog's hometown, uh, the big main event uh, and another double baby face match. Uh, but Dave gave this four and a half stars. Um, the, the notable notes here about Bulldog is that he was legitimately hitting the crack pipe, according to Bret Hart on, in his books. If you read the Bret Hart book, he talks about this at length where he could not get a hold of Bulldog to put together this match. And he literally found him at the airport. He had been on a crack bender with Anvil. And then when they got into the match, Right. Who hasn't been? That, we, we've all yeah, been there. I, I, I was just going to say, yep, yep, we're three for three on this show. Right right after uh, Brett does that headlock takeover, uh, that's where uh, Bulldog looks up and says, I'm fucked. And then Brett has to call the whole damn thing in the match because Bulldog forgot everything and Brett had to take over. Well, I put down number one that diana hart is so hot number one <laughs> and i i give i give davy you know david smith or whatever davy hart smith whatever you want to call him at this point i give him a lot of shit but boy his mom is hot as hell dude so you got that going for you davy you got that going for you but um don't don't put diana on the mic ever again yeah no. we, we don't need to hear her talk but i it's actually bad. think um i actually think this is Bret hart's best performance and and i and i say that because of the story of him calling everything on the fly and leading him through that entire match. I, I think this is the best performance Bret Hart's ever had. Yeah, this is for me, this is the peak of Bret Hart. And the one the one thing that I do want to talk about or mention is that Bret Hart started a sharpshooter while they were both laying on their backs and feet facing each other. Bret Hart started a sharpshooter from that position where he locked it in, stood up, and then rolled over. That was like that when I saw that, I was like, that that's insanity. Like I mean, this is this is one of my favorite matches ever. And and I think some of that has to do with the fact that I know the backstory now, you know, years years later and going back and kind of knowing that and watching the match. This is probably my favorite heart match, and it's definitely one of my one of my favorite matches of all time. Yeah, the lore behind it really adds to it. And if you do read that Bret Hart book, I mean it's nineteen thousand pages long. It'll take you forever to read. It took me five vacations to finish it. Uh but I love it. Uh, this this match is probably the best Intercontinental Championship match that they have ever done. Um, who knows what Gunther might do with Chad Gable coming up here because that Gable match they did the last night was awesome, and I know they're going to do more. But th- this this match is fantastic. Four and a half stars is perfectly placed. Uh, Davey wins in his hometown. Four and a half, half 1992 stars. 
is a big deal. That's that that's a big deal, man. It it really is. Like four and a half 1992, like it's almost a, an adjust for inflation kind of deal. Because like if if that's today, just because of the work rate and everything, the way that things have gone, like a four and a half star nineteen ninety two match is that's a five star match plus today, and that that should be noted as well. Yeah, Monkers, I know you've seen I know you've seen this match a hundred times. Like, did you have and you and I, I know you didn't watch it, you know, this time around. But did you have any thoughts on it? No, I, I so I I've seen this match. I if I was going to guess, I'd say I'd probably seen this match a half dozen times before. Um, the only thing about it that's it's not irritating is the wrong word but because aw is going to wembley they keep redoing this finish which like the first couple of times i saw i thought i saw it was like endearing and now it's i don't know like i i get what you're doing um the finish is great and the reason the finish is great is because and I actually said this to Mrs. Mongoose whenever I watched an AEW person do the show, this this uh, move on their show, is that that finish, as underwhelming as it might be, is one of the best wrestling finishes there is. Because if I put my knees on your shoulders and grabbed your legs, you're not going to get up. So that's a legit pinning combination. Like uh-huh. out of all the things, if I did a swinging net breaker or if I did a, a leg drop or whatever... That's not this. The reason that this finish is so good is that it's a legitimate pinning com, uh, combination that ends a epic 20-ish plus minute match. Um, and so, yes, man, it is a classic. It is something that everybody should watch if they have not. And if you've seen it once, you should see it again. And the only thing I'm going to say is that it's not the best IC match ever. Only because there are two ladder matches that both involve Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon that I can't put it. I can't put this above, but it's close. It's close. Yeah, um, I, I, I to put a bow on that match is that it it it's fantastic. Uh, everyone should watch this, and and th- this is what makes it really sweet for us is that we've watched two WCW shows that have been the shits and they were terrible and we went and watched a wwf show from six years prior that didn't have the star power actually you know what it had better star power than that show in those shows 98 did but it was significantly better so significantly better um this is an iconic show too you know it really is i mean this this and SummerSlam '98 and SummerSlam, or what's what's the one with the the Rock and Triple H? Is that, is that SummerSlam '98 with Austin and, and the and the Undertaker? Yeah. So this SummerSlam '98 and SummerSlam 2002, oh. I think, are the ones. And then until then, you need to jump to Brock squashing John Cena. I think that that's the next like iconic SummerSlam you get. Hey, refresh my memory. Where was Hogan? During this, during the show, he's out. He's gone. What do you mean? He's and gone? so he was going to be done because this is where the S was going to hit the fan with the steroid trial. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. And the writing was on the wall at WrestleMania eight, and that's why his retirement match was going to be against Sid Vicious. And so that's why, like, all this stuff alluding to him being done 
was he was getting older and Vince wanted him to be done. Um, but that that was looming. And then uh, they brought him back for the 93 run. And then he was out. But while that was going on, that was why he also started to shrink, shrink, shrink. Um, so, yes, that's that's steroid trial stuff is starting to ramp yeah. up here. Yeah, too. That, makes, that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, with that said, uh, we uh, encourage everybody to watch uh, all, even though we buried it, we buried the company. We're not burying the show. Um, we, we want everyone to watch all in this weekend. Uh, it'll be on Sunday. And uh, be sure to um, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we're, we're taking comments on uh, reading everything on YouTube since we 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 did uh, we did get comments on YouTube this week. So we gave you the all in. Uh, we didn't do like a great preview, so we're sorry about that. But there's a lot more important stuff we wanted to cover. Uh, but yeah, so make sure you check that out. Make sure you check out the figure reviews that we're doing uh, on the YouTube. Be sure to check out Hot Shots. Um, and yeah, just make sure you download, rate, review, subscribe, hit the uh, bell notification on YouTube so you catch everything that we're doing here on the Podski. And uh, yeah, so we thank you, boys, and we will see you next time on the Podski.